often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 544, actually, my second take. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Almost said the bunker. It's been years since the bunker, and uh, I'm a little off my game. I'm recording on a Sunday. I recorded it last night, Saturday, like I normally do. Changed it up, though, uh, because I wasn't too happy with the first one first take it's been a while since i've done a take two i've only done that a couple of times uh one time because i fucked up the recording by smacking my laptop and it was a great podcast that one i that one was it was a fantastic one it just kind of fucked up didn't save the recording it was a pain in the ass this one i saved this one i saved it just uh just wasn't real pleased with it we were pleased with it i actually did show prep which you'd think you know, it would have been better because I did half-ass some show prep. But uh, as it is, uh, I should have done a little bit more prep because uh, <laughs> I was going down a, like a YouTube rabbit hole for a little bit on, uh, I don't know what uh, first showed up in my feed to, to send me this way. I know I've, I occasionally read stuff on this sort of thing, but uh, I had seen stuff on um, age reversal and stuff. And, of course, you know, and, you know, I, I think most people, whether you want to live forever or not, there's a uh, <clears> – besides the point, I mean, it's I've got these song, Queen songs stuck in my head, Who Wants to Live Forever, which I think should be the ep- name of this episode. Um, but uh, <laughs> it will be. I, You know what? I actually put it in here already. It's It's going to be the name. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was watching shit on YouTube and, uh, I came across the, uh, Dr. David Sinclair, which does sound a bit fishy anyway, but I read stuff on him before, but I never really done a deep dive into this. And, uh, there's, uh, been recently... See here, I pulled it up and I talked about it when I did take one of this. But uh, science.org has an article on this. Uh, Two research teams reverse signs of aging in mice. But doubts remain about whether cell reprogramming technique could one day help humans. And uh, yeah, basically, this Dr. David Sinclair, he's uh, with the Harvard Medical uh, team, he's been with them for quite some time. I think he's Australian, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, he, uh, amongst, the, I guess there's, one, he's on one of the teams. There, there are. Well, I don't think he was directly involved with this, but like he's involved with uh, a lot of research, I guess, into uh, you know. Basically, uh, extending our lives, which is something that uh, there's a lot of money in. There is a lot of fucking money in there. And uh, when I went and talked about it last night, I feel like 
I talked him up a little bit too much without, uh, you know, doing due diligence and uh, looking into him a whole lot. Just like, ooh, Harvard Medical. Yeah, that sounds legit. Um, uh, basically, what, the, what they did with these mice, though, is that uh, they went in there... And according to, like what I, from what I understand, watching stuff on Sinclair is that uh, the epigenome, from the way he describes it, and of course this is how he describes it. I don't know <laughs> that. Uh, I guess there's some legitimacy to it, but uh, with these mice, obviously they've done some stuff. Like these were genetically modified mice to begin with. They were fucking with their genes. And uh, they actually aged one of the mice. They were like 16, 16 weeks, or is it 16? The mice, I believe, only typically, usually live for like two years. So, you know, two years, you're a fucking ancient mouse. Um, I want to say these mice that they started with were like, I don't see what the the starting age of uh, was for these mice, but I want to say it was like 16 weeks or something, something like that. And uh, the epigenome deal, uh, from what I understand, is uh, what reads your DNA like it. Uh, the way he describes it is like a CD player. Uh, it's what's reading like the disc. It's reading like your DNA and then it, it goes and replicates your DNA. And then over time though, the disc gets scratched and it's not reading it properly. So you get skips and stuff and that's what ends up in uh, cell cells being fucked up and then disease and all that shit. And that it's not, well, it's not, Attacking diseases properly and everything because it's not reading your DNA code right. And uh, <clears throat> apparently what they've claimed to do with these mice is that uh, they fucked with the epigenome and then had it purposely read shit wrong, I guess, when they aged, super-aged one of the mice. And then I believe they were able to age it back by then fucking with the same thing. But they were gen gene bleh, genetically modified from from the get go. And uh, but I mean, it does seem promising to the degree that maybe that this sort of thing could could potentially have an effect uh, with humans. Um, hopefully, we wouldn't have to be. <clears throat> Oh no, it wasn't sixteen weeks, it was sixteen months old. Um which is considered middle aged because that's over a year old <laughs> for a mouse. Anyway. And the one looks like it's fucking Master Splinter though, the one they aged. It looks like fucking its eyes all shut, the nose is all cut up. It's like he totally got into a fight with Shredder. I mean <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I was like jacked and, you know, watching more shit and I'm just like, oh man, I, I, as being someone that is now in their forties 
And considering the uh, family members on my dad's side of the family tend to die in their 40s uh, through various means, mainly cancer, that, uh, you know, I kind of feel like uh, <laughs> I don't know how much time I have left, you know, and it's uh, my my biggest concern with that is that I would have shitty uh, for whatever time I have left. I don't want to get cancer and be sick for a long time, you know. And uh, I don't have the money for that. The penthouse is eating up all my money. And uh, I can't afford to uh, miss work and not pay a mortgage. You know, that just wouldn't be good. Wouldn't be good. <laughs> so when I, I read or watch YouTube videos stating that oh, we could turn back the we could turn back time as. Share, was it sung about? You know, if I could turn back time. Yeah, I should not sing that, especially that. That's. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. I should go back to the Queen. The Who Wants to Live Forever song is way better. <laughs> um, But yeah, I think it's just a normal thing for people, you know, throughout history. The the human race has uh, gone after the fountain of youth. Uh, to be fair, though, I mean, we've come a long way with modern medicine. Uh, that There has been a lot of improvements um, in the civilized world. If you're not, you know, in a third world, a lot of third world countries, you're still not living for a long time. In the U.S., I looked it up yesterday, the uh, average lifespan of a male... In the U.S. is like 77 years old. I forgot what the female is. I was more concerned about myself. <laughs> um, and uh, that is... Uh, and then you start breaking into demographics. It changes a lot. Black males, unfortunately, is like a lot less. And But Asian... Or not Asians. Uh, Latino, I think, was actually higher. Which I was su- surprised about. Um... As I figured it was an economic thing that uh, the poorer you are, you know, the less available uh, health care you have. But I'm not sure why the stats. I mean, I didn't look real far into the numbers. I'm sure there's some legitimate reasons for it. But anyway, you know, I mean, the point is that we've had a lot of advancements in health and, you know, there's some parts of the world where 30s is, you know, old as shit, and you're approaching death, death's door. But that's in some real, you know, remote parts of the world and just poor areas. Um, that being said, you know, they claim with a lot of this research that, you know, I mean, you can live, you know, to 150 possibly like 500 years old and shit. There's some people that say that, you know, the first person to uh, reach a thousand years old is actually alive right now, which I think if if that is the case, that person has to be a billionaire, right? (laughs) I mean, who the fuck could afford if they really do make that, make that happen. You know, if they come up with this, technology pill whatever it is procedure that it's going to be a fortune 
because everybody will want to pay whatever they can to turn back. Like, if I could take 20 years off the life of my body and revert it back to its 20s, hell, if I could go back just, like, 10 years, not even 10 years, I'd go 35. Go 35. So at this point, I'm looking at almost seven years (laughs) off the toll of my body. You know, like, I... I'd get rid of the the penthouse easy. I'd be like, "Fuck it, yeah." Uh, I'm keeping the Adam Jones guitar though. There's some things <laughs> that I can't get rid of. I, I'll get rid of my car and the house, and uh, I'll hopefully find some cheap room and board somewhere. But uh, I would trade that in to uh, get years back of my body and then just be able to fucking run and shit like I was doing back then and just tearing it up. Oh, would be so good. So good. Um, and like yesterday I was jacked cause I was what, you know, just watching basically a bunch of infomercials <laughs> for this guy, Dr. David Sinclair. And I didn't realize how many like fucking supplements and shit, this guy was was pumping and is actually uh he's not real well regarded from what i understand in the medical community is <laughs> a bit even though he's been involved with harvard for a long time like uh he's a bit of a a huckster i guess or uh, you know uh Selling shit, because with supplements and stuff, you don't need, like, scientific backing or anything. There's not people that really regulate that shit. You can claim it does all kinds of shit and just throw it out, and, you know, you can make a ton of money. A ton of money. And, uh... <laughs> so, basically, anything you get, you pick up on InfoWars. You go to their website, you buy any of those supplements, they're most likely not going to do much of anything that they claim to do. It's, you know, <laughs> you're just... You know, maybe, maybe, but you don't really need to prove that they do that. And uh, you can sell it. And uh, this uh, Sinclair fella, like, yeah, he's got a lot of lot of supplements and shit out there. And uh, he, uh, I believe, has made quite a bit of money <laughs> pumping that shit. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, debate over the fact that uh, these things really don't do much for you and maybe are not good for you. And, man, he he's, uh, talks about fasting a lot and that everyone needs to fast and not eat much. And uh, he almost had me on that. I was watching some videos. I was like, you know, we should fast sometimes. No, nah, I think I'm going to pass on that. I think I'm going to pass. Um, I don't want to make myself go hungry. If I could turn back, <laughs> if I could turn back my clock, he's got, but he's got, you know, he's got a lot of money from his uh, supplements and stuff, and uh, he's in like around fifty or so, and he looks pretty good for his age. But you know, you can do shit like you know, pay for Botox, get on a gym membership, have a personal trainer. You know, when you have money, there's a lot of things you can do that that uh, aren't. Uh, <laughs> Like what they're doing to these mice. I mean, there's a lot of... And he claims he's taking a lot of the shit that he's uh, 
producing and stuff. He's testing on himself, which, you know, they say he's not, uh, which is frowned upon, I guess, in the scientific community. But, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to be doing stuff where it's like, ooh, this could really change my body and everything for the better, I mean, how could you not, like, just at least try a little bit? There was a movie on, on Netflix recently I watched with, uh, is it Liam Hemsworth? I guess that was in it. Or he's a, I guess a doctor. <laughs> There's like a prison situation. And uh, these people were in prison for, you know, whatever crimes. Uh, murder, what have you. <laughs> like a, uh, the one character was a drinking and driving thing where his girlfriend died in the accident. And uh, the the Hemsworth there, he uh, had, or is it Chris? I forget. I get the two mixed up, Chris and Liam. It, it was Thor. <laughs> Thor is in the movie. And uh, Thor, we'll just keep calling him Thor. <laughs> Thor <laughs> had these uh, drugs, I guess you'd say. You, you put in uh that's like injecting t- into you all the time like these little vials that uh and <clears throat> he's can Thor's controlling it and all these prisoners that uh he'll just inject them with this and it um creates different moods and stuff and it makes them more willing to do things uh subservient and uh or it makes him feel pain, like horrible pain. And uh, he's getting all these people to fuck each other and everything by putting the drugs. It was an entertaining movie. But it kind of makes... And you find out, of course, through the movie, spoiler alert, Thor is also taking him himself. He's dousing himself, <laughs> injecting himself with the same shit. He's, you know... <sighs> Which is never a good sign of a good drug dealer, you know? If you're doing your own stash, this is a problem. You're eating into your own profits. <laughs> just bad. It's best if you just don't do drugs, if you're going to sell drugs, you know? Or so I've always heard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway. It is interesting to me that they do have this thing with the mice though and you know maybe there is some potential in that even if this guy's just a fucking uh seller of bullshit supplements uh which man what really sold it on me after doing the podcast I found him on Twitter I was like oh I'm gonna follow him on Twitter let's get some good announcements he's got podcasts and stuff and I looked at his tweets and stuff and he's like <laughs> retweeting Elon Musk and like just ridiculous stuff and keeps saying like promising over the top things like in some of these videos and interviews I had heard with him like he wasn't saying you could live forever and all this stuff but then I'm looking at his tweets and the stuff that he puts out there and he's like you could live forever and just you know promising the moon the stars and everything in it for every individual and I realized oh this oh yeah he's sounds like he's full of shit you know, when there's, <laughs> when you're promising the, com- I mean, 
obviously when it's too good to be true, it's most of the time too good to be true. And he's he's like a uh, Trumpian with these uh, <laughs> promises. Like everybody's gonna get good health care. <laughs> And uh, I started digging more into like his tweets, and it's like, oh man, yeah, he's selling all kinds of bullshit. Like this guy's a, a fucking Twitter troll, with uh, <laughs> on the same level as Elon Musk being a Twitter troll, <laughs> and uh, a lot of hype, a lot of hype, and seeing he's been involved with like a lot of the people that sell you know misinformation on like medical stuff and everything. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this guy's. I can't trust this guy. But I mean, there's a picture of this old mouse. <laughs> the idea, though, that, you know, obviously there are advancements, though, going on with with longevity of lifespan and such. Um, I would think that there would be ways to, to turn things around that we could foresee, you know, maybe maybe a human to live for like 200 years or so. But it, I had a lot of great thoughts. So last night I thought about maybe I just put a disclaimer on the episode. Um, then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. No, I, I feel like I was too good, <laughs> too, too positive to this Sinclair fella. So I was like, you know what? Let's just, just redo this. And uh, it uh, occurred to me, you know, thinking about shit like, you know, I mean, it'd be it's like a Black Mirror episode, basically thinking about. Uh, people not dying, basically, with the exception of, I mean, you'd still, if if they were able to, let's just throw it out there, if they were able to do the shit like they did with the mice and, like, extend our lives for, like, you know, a couple hundred years, something ridiculous. And uh, the only stuff that would kill you, basically, is, you know, getting your head chopped off and, you know, Whatever. I mean, you still die by a gunshot. You're not exactly Wolverine, which was always my favorite superpower of all time, was the healing factor. And it seemed like something reasonable that, you know, maybe technology and uh, further advancements in medicine could get us towards some kind of healing factor. Maybe not to the degree of Wolverine. I mean, Wolverine, uh, I was was a big X-Men fan whenever I was reading comics. And I love me some Wolverine, some Logan. Logan! <laughs> Pull up my Patrick Stewart impression there. Logan! She should talk Logan! And that's it. That's all That's all I can do with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Professor X. Um, but, uh, I mean, the idea of like living for hundreds of years with, you know, not being... Uh, you know, hunched over and completely, you know, shrinking at that point and just like uh, pain in every <laughs> little centimeter of the body at that point. If there was a way to make myself like in my 20s or 30s, like feel that good and then keep that going for like 100 or 200 years. Sounds sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. But there's a lot of interesting things that you'd uh, that I would ponder with uh, what uh, could be the new issues with people, you know, living that long. One again, uh, like if we ever get to that point, it's going to be the people with a lot of money that that get that, and it's going to have to be (laughs) 
there it's going to be so hard for normal people to get that it'll have to be so easily reproduced for the the general population to have any kind of control on that we're going to have the billionaires unfortunately will will be around for like 2000 years and then this us uh, normal people our lifespan will probably go down <laughs> uh <clears throat> but for for fun's sake, we'll just figure what if everybody had access to this and was able to live for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Uh you know, population control would be a real real problem if fewer people are dying, almost, you know, nobody's dying, and yet the birth births still happen. People are still being born. Then we're gonna be overpopulated like real fast. We're going to run out of room. And then there's then there's the issues of, uh, you know, it's like, if you're going to be in a, like one, would marriage last? Not that it bothers me that marriages wouldn't last as someone that's never been married and uh, probably won't ever be. Uh, probably. You know, there's, I'm not dead yet, so, you know, maybe it'll happen, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> can't say can't say never but probably most likely not um but what would happen to like you know if somebody how many marriages would really last like a hundred years or more like that's insane like you know somebody got married and uh you know I know I promised I'd be with you forever but after the last 200 years, I feel like <laughs> we've grown apart. <laughs> like, that's an insane amount of time. Like, when I said forever, I didn't realize we would live for a thousand years. <laughs> uh, I'd be a lot more of a commitment. <laughs> Way more of a commitment. And then there's, you know, weird things that... um. Obviously, like I would think that children's, you know, being with children still horrible that shouldn't be done. But there is like age gaps. There would be massive age gaps potentially in you know being with somebody. Would you? Would it be okay? Again, if they're both adults, I'm not saying get with children, but if there was a age gap of like 150 years, 200 years, age gap. Like, would you be able to be with that person, especially for like a long, extended period of time? It's like oh, I don't know. We don't have much in common, you know. She's she's five hundred and fifty. I'm seven hundred years old. You know, we're different generations. <laughs> different generations. We see things differently. Like, would that? Uh, I mean, you spent several hundred years on Earth together would would there be enough in common with the would the mindset of a couple hundred different years be different would the zeitgeist have changed that much that you couldn't couldn't be with this person well i imagine you know it would be all right for a little while but you know you're not going to spend 200 years with that person come on so a lot of interesting things and then like funerals how would that work like uh like i feel like a normal typical funeral that will say you know this depends on the funeral 
uh, depends on how well loved the person was. Um, but for someone now, let's just say they even hit, you know, 80s, 90s. What are you looking at? Like a a funeral service that might last like an hour or so? And But, I mean, it depends on, like, how big the person was. Look at the, you know, if there's, like, the, you know, somebody like the fucking queen or something that uh, that people waited days to, like, see the casket and shit or whatever it was. I don't know. Again, there's for different people. Um, but if somebody lived for, like, a thousand years, <laughs> they were well-loved. And everything. Would their funeral then have to be basically Oktoberfest? You're going to, like, have a remember them for like a week, a month. You like go out and people are telling stories like, you know, my funeral, if I died in a day, like there's, you know, my cover like a half an hour. <laughs> if that like a funeral service, uh, be like, he ran a couple of times. A lot of the stuff I went and did by myself, you know, my, my best stories involve me going and shitting the bed in Russia and stuff. And it's just more people knowing the story I told. They weren't there for it. As I went and did that by myself. I mean, there's, they could talk about the running. I ran with, you know, a lot of friends. This podcast, they could play a little bit of that. I don't know who's going to really want to play that at the funeral, but who knows? Point being, there's not going to be an insane amount of stories as if I were to live like a thousand years. Like, I feel like at this point, um, you know, I'm in my forties. I feel like I've lived a couple of lifetimes. I've been involved in, uh, many different things. You know, at least for myself, I feel like I've <laughs> done several things and that, uh, yeah. Um, I can't imagine a thousand years. And to sum that all up in a in a funeral for a thousand years, like that's like shit, man. That's like ten funer- at least ten funerals put together. Like you gotta. Then again, I guess even if you live for a thousand years, maybe you're somebody that just didn't like to go out and do a whole lot. You're just like, you know what? I I like being healthy and living, but you know, maybe I just want to sit at home and jerk off every day for a thousand years. We'll go around people. Be around people. I just want to keep on living. Living the dream. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to think about living for for a long time. I You know, I'd... It's... Uh, if I'd want to live forever, though, you know, I, I do love a good ending in movies, which I, I did talk about on my take one, of course, <laughs> of this... Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't know that I'd want to live forever, but there's also, I'd want to feel good if I was going to live for a long time and have to deal with some kind of fucking disease, fucking pain everywhere, arthritis, you know, there's just a lot of shit that could, could be a problem. Um, <clears throat> but, uh. Oh man, just just happened to see that. Uh, sorry, Keenan Thompson was on SN. Has been on SNL for twenty years. He's been on there a while with twenty years. Jesus, I realize it's been that long. Son of a bitch. 
That is that is insane. Um, somebody, and somebody made a guitar out of a thousand cans. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's going to be light as hell. But uh, anyway, I was going to look up the uh, classic comedy uh, bit from... Uh, no, that's not... Let's see here. Mel Brooks. Or the 2,000-year-old man. That's what it is. Comedy bit of the uh, Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks is uh let's see here make sure I have my controls right classic I well everything has changed for the better <laughs> oh you are a wonderful audience and the show keeps rolling along there's a couple of guys that are going to come on now that I just can't help and can't wait to get out there in front and see You've seen them many times. Most of us here tonight are here to do comedy highlights of the last 10 years. Well, but the last 2,000 years belongs to Carl Reiner and Mel Brooks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman here is one of the phenomena of the world. He looks no older than Mr. Sean, and yet he is 2,000 years old. Is that true, sir? Yes. You want to see my driver's license? No, no. We, we haven't authenticated. The Mayo Clinic has checked you out and said that you are 2,000. Sir, what has kept you alive for 2,000 years? When I'll go in an airplane, if I'll go in an airplane, I'll never sit in the first two seats or the last two seats from an airplane. You mean not sitting in the first two or the first last two seats? Two in the last two has kept you alive? I don't understand that. Why? Has that because kept you alive? Because if the plane, unfortunately, should take a flop out from the sky, you're going to go down with it and break your foot. Right? <laughs> yes. But if, if the plane, as you say, flops out of the sky, everybody in all the seats will break their feet. I mean, at least. Yeah, let me amend that. Any seat is no good. In other words, you're afraid to fly in an airplane. On the <laughs> I see, but why? Because if the good Lord meant men to fly, he would have given them tickets, right? <laughs> Sir, I've always been interested in the, origin, in the origin of words. For instance, a simple word like cheese. Where did that come cheese from? Cheese is a lovely story how we get the word cheese in our, in our vernacular. In the year 28- there was an old farmer and he a gentleman came to his land and said, "I'm so thirsty, may I have a little dipper milk?" Ah. And he said, "Certainly, go over to the barrel." He not knowing that the barrel of milk had soured, see ah. So this poor beggar man came to the barrel and opened up from the top and looked in and looked down and went, "Cheese Yes. <laughs> That's how the word cheese came into being. It's very onomatopoetic. Yes, and that's the truth. Yes. Now we don't use that anymore. No, no. Now we go in, we say to the grocery, I'll have cheese. You don't go, cheese, you scared of grocery. They used to do this bit. That's, of course, again, Carl Reiner and uh, Mel Brooks. Unfortunately, the the late, great Carl Reiner, he passed away a year or two ago. I can't remember when it was. It was fairly recent. Mel Brooks, as far as I'm aware, is still alive at the time of this recording. Oh, I love Mel Brooks. It's so weird watching this old footage. Like, Mel looks like Mel. Like, Carl Reiner. I mean, you can tell it's Carl Reiner, but it's for some reason, it's really strange for me to see, like, Carl Reiner at a young age. This is a really old video. It's all in black and white and shit. But they used to do this bit a lot. 
And uh, there was a, I believe they put out a comedy album, The 2,000-Year-Old Man. Uh, but <laughs> basically, it's all the shit he's, like, seen in in his days, like, with the cheese. Or that I, I didn't do it right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's fucking crazy to think, like, what it would be like to live for an insane amount of, uh, of time. And would you even like give a shit about the stuff that people really care about nowadays? Would you give, would you even want to have sex? You're like, fuck, I don't know, man, I've done that. But hell, I don't want to have sex most of the time. Uh, you know, it's been years since I've had it. Like, there's, <laughs> if I live a couple hundred more years, I'm like, eh, whatever. I almost think of, uh, Conan, the barbarian, like James Earl Jones. I don't remember if his character was supposed to be like really old or anything, but like there's uh, the beginning of the film where uh, he's into, uh, oh shit, what is uh, his character's name in that movie? Um, but uh, he was really into the, like the riddle of steel. Let's see here. Um, Tulsa Doom that was his name his character's name Tulsa Doom and like he was really big into the steel and they wanted he wanted this particular sword in the the beginning when he killed like uh, Conan's like mother and shit and uh, then later in the film of course when Conan turns into Arnold yeah Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah he uh, (laughs) after pushing that big wheel for forever and just like becoming just massively huge and just a fucking beast of a man and uh he goes and finds Tulsa Doom again cuz he's going to go fucking cut his goddamn head off <laughs> and uh, by that point in time Tulsa Doom has moved on to uh the the flesh he's more interested in the flesh he doesn't care about steel anymore he's into flesh like if I and you know, I whether it's uh, the things of flesh or or whatever, can you imagine how much your taste would change in the things you're into over the course of a thousand years? Like, there's plenty of stuff that I used to be hardcore into that I'm, I could give a shit less about now. <laughs> I don't know, about hardcore. There's and there's stuff that comes back around, like guitar. Like I've uh, used to be into it a bunch, and like. It's coming in and out. Uh, I'm playing a lot these days, but there's periods of times where I, I didn't care as much. In a thousand years, who knows? What, uh... Oh, man. What is this? The, hold on. I found it. Speaking of Conan, <laughs> on MovieWeb here, there is an interesting article. I don't know uh, what's going on here, but... <laughs> The article says, Cocaine the Barbarian, Alver Stone's drug-fueled four-hour Conan epic that never was. And the picture is this drawing of Conan, and he looks like he's he's uh, taking a few bumps there. <laughs> his eyes look like they're just going to... Oh, man. his I can see the steam coming out of his nostrils. Not literally, but Jesus. Anyway, in 1978, Oliver Stone wrote the screenplay for an incredibly expensive Conan the Barbarian epic while he was taking cocaine and downers. Oh, yeah. 40 years ago, 
The unlikely acting career of then-bodybuilding champ Arnold Schwarzenegger went off with a bang in Conan the Barbarian, based on Robert E. Howard's character of the same name from 1930s pulp magazines. Arnold's epic sword and sorcery film was helmed by writer-director John Milius, the uh, militant filmmaker best known for writing the Oscar-nominated screenplay Apocalypse Now for fellow movie brat Francis Ford Coppola. But in the end, Milius would share a co-screenwriting credit on Conan the Barbarian with Oliver Stone. Stone penned an earlier draft in 78 as the first of several studio assignments that would uh, one day feel out of step with the politically charged writer-director the world would soon celebrate for films like Platoon, Wall Street, Born on the Fourth of July, and JFK. At the time, his Conan the Barbarian script was titled simply as Conan. But the title is just about the only thing simple about this early draft. It's back when Stone was, like, good. Uh, before he was uh, best buds with Vladimir Putin. He's completely lost his fucking mind. All those years of cocaine abuse. Just saying. I think finally caught up with them. Anyway, Stone's Conan was the studio executive's worst nightmare. The script called for nearly four-hour runtime, epic battle sequences, countless extras, live animals, excessive costumes and props, and one expensive set piece after another. His vision was doomed to be rewritten uh, for budgetary constraints. However, seemingly none of his this entered into Stone's thinking at the time as he wrote his Conan script while under the influence of cocaine and downers. What I mean, is he trying to level off? What and what kind of downers? Is he, you know, doing alcohol? Like what? Are, it says, and it shows Oliver Stone believed in Arnold before many in Hollywood. Charles Bronson was originally the front runner to stars the titular Barbarian. Really, really, Ch- Charles Bronson, Charlie Bronson as Conan? I don't see that. Uh, but after watching a rough cut of docudrama Pumping Iron, the original Conan producers Edward R. Pressman and Edward Summer knew they had found their man. With a godlike body that won him the Mr. Olympia bodybuilding competition six years in a row, Schwarzenegger embodied Conan as close as humanly possible with his long brunette hair and leather headband. He looked as if he had stepped right off the pages of the Marvel Comics run from the 70s. In spite of Schwarzenegger's uncanny physical resemblance to the Conan character, there was one little snag. No one doubted he had the look, but many involved in the project had their reservations about Arnie's, uh, Arnold's molasses thick Austrian accent. At the time, it seemed to uh, Schwarzenegger that all of Hollywood shared this cold apprehension. Speaking to GQ in 2019 about his most iconic character, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger said. I was told many times by manager and agents and studio execs that my career would never happen. Uh, that that someone with an accent like me has never become a real leading man and big star in America. It's, uh, Americans like to hear people that sound like John Wayne or Clint Eastwood, but not like me. They were wrong. <laughs> Thankfully, they were wrong. Uh, luckily, there were a few players in Hollywood who did believe in the Austrian bodybuilder's potential as leading man. Among those were never doubted uh, Arnold was the Conan screenwriter Oliver Stone. In his uh, autobiography, Chasing the Light Stone said, uh, Schwarzenegger possessed the singular quality the movies worship, charisma, which radiated from him with his ready smile and sense of humor 
Strangers were drawn to him immediately. Um, Schwarzenegger read Conan's line. Where's the craziness? I'm waiting for the craziness, and I'm not seeing it yet. Stone's conviction in Schwarzenegger's ability to pull off the role was even stronger than Arnold's Germanic accent. In fact, Stone crafted Conan's dialogue in his screenplay to Arnold's actual voice, having Schwarzenegger read aloud from lines of Marvel's Conan comics. As a result, Stone's Conan script has its share of dialogue as corny as those from the Marvel Comics run. Still, it's a safe bet that fans of Milius' finished uh, film would jump at the chance to hear Arnold deliver some of Stone's corniest lines. Imagine that heavy Austrian accent dropping a line like the one on page 111 of Stone's screenplay. Uh, I was born in the middle of a battlefield. The first sound I heard was a scream. Yeah. Yeah, that one's not that great. Imagine Arnold's delivery there you go, on page 130 when in the midst of the film's final battle, Conan's love interest and blonde female warrior Valeria says a p- pig mutant. <laughs> Stone script has plenty of those with her sword in a magnificent arc and Conan says to her with eyes blazing, eyes blazing with attraction, I can't think of anyone I'd rather go to hell with. You're a liar and you're beautiful. Uh, that one might be all right, but you know, oh, this the be- comes the best line. Here, okay, here we go. As <laughs> hilarious as Stone's lines would have sounded on Arnold's broken English, Milius gave the Austrian actor just enough ridiculous dialogue to draw eyebrows from film critics. Take the most iconic line and most mocked for Schwarzenegger's accent from Conan the Barbarian, which was lifted from a Genghis Khan speech, really, about his idea of the good life. When he is asked in Milius' film, what is best in life by a Mongol general character, Conan says, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentations of the women. I do love that line. <laughs> I didn't realize it was Genghis Khan. Uh, Stone and Milius' Conan script, as well as many other uh, many of their other films, share a similar masculine approach, especially in terms of overtop dialogue. Still, there are important differences between the visions for Conan and the cocaine Stone was uh, doing at the time. Is certainly one of the oh Stone Stone's script was post-apocalyptic. Um. Really, for his plot, Stone took several cues from Howard's early Conan stories like the novella A Witch Shall Be Born and short story Black Colossus, both of which were published in the pulp fiction magazine Weird Tales. As opposed to Milius' finished film, which takes place in the vaguely distant past, Stone's Conan screenplay is set in a post-apocalyptic future wherein Conan leads an army in an epic battle against a 10,000-strong horde of half-animal, half-human mutants but this battle was not to be waged specifically against Thulsa Doom, played memorably by James Earl Jones as the central villain in Milius's film. While Stone's script also opens with a raid on young Conan's village like Milius, it is not Thulsa Doom who is responsible for the death of his family. Stone's script is not really a tale of revenge like Milius, uh, but rather Conan's rise from slavery to leading a band of mercenaries and a ravaged army into an epic climactic battle. But, uh, yeah, apparently we're like, there's, oh man, that line. I just, <laughs> I fucking love, uh, oh, it says, yeah, he had, 
apparently had a lot of casting ideas there. And, and down you go down further and it talks about Oliver Stone's friendship with Vladimir Putin, you motherfucker. Uh <clears throat> That that's some bullshit. How fucking pro pro Putin he is. And that that hasn't aged well. He did that documentary series that I ended up not finishing on Netflix about the history of America and stuff. And he's like interviewing Putin on that one. Just like, or uh, I don't remember if he interviewed, I know there's a big long interview he did with Putin and he's just best buds with him. And uh, which is crazy to me. Oliver Stone, that uh, Mr. Anti-Vietnam War and all that shit. Oh, like I love the worst dictator of our times. It's a little fucked up, man. It's a little more than fucked up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to be fair, he didn't commit his biggest atrocities whenever he, he did that first became friends with him. Only a few atrocities at that point. There was uh, definitely... He's done a lot of worse shit since then. Anyway. Oh, Yeah. Conan and living for thousands of years. That man working, doing this uh, steel work that I that I do now. I uh, I have visions of uh, Conan the Barbarian, where like thinking about how my muscles have come along, my arm muscles. That is, I'm getting a bit of a gut, which isn't cool. I don't like that at all, one damn bit. But uh, I felt like Arnold at the beginning when he's just pushing that. <laughs> the big log in a circle and just building just muscle. Um, which I don't think you'd get that big pushing that. I mean, you're going to get some muscles and build it up, but <laughs> you're going to need to like build, <laughs> do some other exercises in there to get that kind of physique. I mean, Arnold in real life, he had to, he had to work on like all kinds of different shit. This is a, <laughs> I would imagine you'd get some good, mu- I mean, there were some leg muscles and you're working a lot of muscles doing that. Don't get me wrong. And that part is, is, uh, accurate to some extent. <laughs> um, I mean, unfortunately though, my muscles are all just like biceps, what I've been getting. And, uh, I, uh, I'm probably just getting arthritis. <laughs> so I, my fingers like crack and shit. They get real stiff and like they crack. It's just not, it's not pleasant. I wonder if Arnold had that or, or Conan rather, you know, he probably had a lot of arthritis. Conan probably didn't have a, he probably didn't live for a thousand years though. Yeah. Uh, maybe the post-apocalyptic version where uh, he's out there for that. But I would, I would venture to guest guest guess <laughs> I'm a little off I got a little bit of a sore throat and uh yeah here lately I've been having still issues with remnants of a cold or whatever and uh I usually do a humidifier at nighttime um and I didn't do it last night and I think that's why I got a bit of a sore throat I do the humidifier like during the the winter time because the heat like dries out everything, and I'm pretty sure that's why I have the old sore throat. Just a thought. 
Not not 100% on that. But it's I feel like it's a good possibility that uh that, that's what's going on there. Um I maybe it's the alcohol I had last night. Man, my internet connection is shit right now. Don't know why. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I love I love Conan. And last night actually I was talking about uh when I was talking about endings. I love a good ending on a movie and I feel like people are coughing out when they have a ending where it's like, oh, like Inception, uh we you don't really know for sure what happens. It's like you decide. Like, no, just give me a fucking ending. Don't just <laughs> keep the top spinning is the top actually going to stop or is it is it is he in a dream is he not in the dream and then it occurred to me while i was doing the show last night well there is one movie i do love where they kind of pose a question in the end where you're not 100 percent sure if uh which i i believe i did bring this up on the podcast years ago or a while back but uh total recall the original with arnold paul verhoeven one of his classics i think Robocop. 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 <laughs> Fuck. My tongue is all fucked up. Robocop is probably his finest film. But Total Recall. Holy shit. That's another f- fucking amazing film. The Paul Verhoeven Schwarzenegger one. And uh, holy shit, man. Like uh, Total Recall there. Uh, I mean, at the end, you're not certain whether or not... It was an implant from the uh, recall place or if he really did all that shit in the movie. And I'm going to say that uh, I know the answer. <laughs> he, you know, he did the stuff that we see in the movie. I think that, you know, that really happened. That that should happen. It wasn't part of the recall. <laughs> it wasn't it. And uh, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos Breaking that down. <laughs> but I feel like it wasn't uh, the vacation thing that he wanted. <laughs> Which, sadly for him, that means he wasn't with Sharon Stone still the whole time. Like, that, like he wasn't going to go back home to Sharon Stone at the end. No, she's really dead. <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame. But, uh... They got to hang out on Mars, man. Mars has, like is sustainable now. They got oxygen and all that. That's that's the reality I choose to take from that movie. But like whatever Inception, Shutter Island, those two, you know, DiCaprio films with the uh, uh, questionable endings. Like I felt on those, like just fucking, just end it. The movie Identity, that one re- really used to drive me nuts. Is it, it's the following it's like a who done it like who like committed who really committed these murders and shit but you're like and then it turns out like there were no murders cuz it's all just this crazy this supposed to be the murderer he's like got multiple personalities and these all these people were actually just personalities in his head so none of them were actually murdered it's like what <laughs> Like, what kind of shit is this? 
I, I felt cheated at the end of that movie. And I'd love me some John Cusack. And I, I had some friends that thought this is the most amazing movie ever. But, like, but in the end, you find out it's just all BS. <laughs> Maybe I'd feel differently if I watched it now. Maybe. Well, I kind of felt that way, too, with, like, Fight Club. I was like, oh, the big... I had so many friends that loved Fight Club and just... uh like, oh, shit, it was him all along as both characters. Holy shit. And uh, I wasn't one of those people. I didn't uh, worship the film. Uh, that Part of that's just, you know, if too many people, I like the to be an anti-pop in a lot of ways. Not so much now, but back in the day, man, it was like too many people liked it and just swore by it. I was going to be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Uh, I feel like maybe if I went back and gave Fight Club another chance, I, I might enjoy it. Um, maybe. I did enjoy like Shutter Island and, and uh, Inception, just the endings on those films. I was like, really? <laughs> you sons of bitches. Just give me a fucking proper ending. Uh, which I guess uh, what my thought was, you know, in life, maybe I'd you know want that proper ending and want to just to continue on things are going to get weird I'm going to you know find less although again you know if if I was in good health would I really you know I still want to do a lot of the same shit after hundreds of years it's hard to say it's hard to say maybe we're just going to get the computer parts before then we're just going to become robots and i feel that's the only way to stop the machines from killing us all if we also just become part robot it's it feels like uh <laughs> a good possibility good possibility i that's almost seems more probable than uh the mice thing old splinter splinter uh i i did make uh i figure i'll mention this i (laughs) i'm gonna try to get a run in today as i haven't been running i did uh apparently i uh, agreed to run 30 miles on april fool's day on uh april 1st run from uh Delta out of Herman, which I've done before, but it was like eight years ago I did that. And uh, uh, <laughs> I am not in shape for that. I have been running once a month, averaging like uh, five miles a month. And uh, not prepared to run 30 miles. Well, it's going to be on the Katy Trail. And it's a, it's a group run. It's not a race. Gonna, It's going to take probably a good six hours or so there's probably gonna be a lot of walking not gonna push real hard but this means i have to go out and run in the fucking freezing cold right now and i i don't want to do that that fucking sucks i hate running in the cold my good friend megan though said she was gonna do it and she hasn't been running at all for or pretty much zero running for quite a long time now it's like with her come like basically coming out of retirement. It's like, oh shit, man, shit, I gotta step up. Balls, which is her her nickname, <laughs> what was her nickname, <laughs> at least. 
uh, like, well, fuck if balls is going to do it. It's like, shit, I guess I got to go do this. (laughs) I felt really obligated. And so I guess I'm going to, I'm going to attempt to run 30 miles on April 1st. I don't know how well that's going to go. We, we'll, we'll see. It's not too far off. Just a couple months away. Uh, my friend, Thad informed me that it's only like 10 weeks away. It's like, shit. When you look at it like that, that's not much time to train. That's not many runs to get in before then. It's like, oh, fuck. To go from basically zero to 30 is, oof, oof. It's painful. Painful to think about. Ugh. If I could just get some of those mouse drugs. turn Not the one to age me more. I don't want that. <laughs> don't, don't don't age me more. Let's turn that clock back, baby. Let's turn it back. Let's go back and t- going back in time. We go back to the future. <laughs> oh, I won't be going back to the future. I've never been to the future that I'm aware of. Uh, although I'm in the future for past me which is the present and now I'm just really (laughs) trying to break that down. The title makes sense though for the movie, for the movie. It makes sense because sort of because his present day when he goes into the past is actually the future. So he's going back to the future. It wouldn't be back to the present because the present is wherever you're at presently. (laughs) So we'd be going back to the future. It it makes sense. It makes sense. Just, you know, try not to have sex with your mom is is the the big thing there. And he achieved that goal. He did not have sex with his mom. That was the That's good. That would have been really fucked up. Really fucked up. Uh <laughs> good old movie about incest. That's what that's about. It's not really about time travel. It's all about incest. Anyway, I digress, and uh, I think I'm about good here. I need to put something in my throat to lube it up, as uh, I've got the old sore throat really rocking bad here, and uh, it is causing my tongue to get a little tired, fucking up words. It's not going good. So, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. 